Hey, hey everybody. everybody. Welcome to the Mary and Jerry podcast. We I talk- thought we were going to do that together. No, it's always you go first, then me. Okay. As you remind me, it's the Mary and Jerry podcast. I not didn't the Jerry name it. And you Mary. named it. Whatever. Hi, welcome to the Mary and Jerry podcast. Where we talk about faith. Order of introduction. <laughs> family, family. Bacon. And all the things. And everything in between where nothing, no topic is off limits. Or scripted. <laughs> Ever. Ever. So today's podcast, we're going to talk about the five top questions that college students ask about Christian marriage. Why are we talking about this, Jerry? Because last week we had the opportunity to go speak to the local college Catholic campus ministry a university here in our town. Um, about a marriage. And this is one of those um, uh, situations where you go in and you're like, okay, so we talked to the uh, young man. Who was who planning the was event. Planning, it's like, what do you want us to talk about? Marriage. Okay, well, what about marriage? Marriage. No, I said, okay, do you want to talk about our redemption story? Do you want us to share our witness? Do you want us to go into what is covenant versus contract? Do you want us to go into the marriage vows? Do you like what part of marriage do you want us say? to talk about? He goes, I want you to talk about marriage. He's like, yes. All of it. I'm like, seriously, dude. Well, that's like a really long conversation. I'm like, dude, we, we got like an hour and I know what the attention span of the average college student is. <laughs> anyway, so we went in. With this idea of, I did my, we did research we together. We had a plan. We had a plan. How'd that go? And well, the Holy Spirit just took it sideways, which is why we're actually using <sighs> okay, our original. Okay, we're going to blow that up and we're going to do something else. That's which is why we're actually using our original plan for today's podcast. <laughs> because it didn't last long It didn't long last there. long with them. And they started asking questions and, and then we just, we just really were in the moment with them. And we were very open and very honest and very we were vulnerable. In the moment. What that meant was, oh my gosh, what are they going to ask next? I had no idea, but they asked some really good questions. Of course they do. Yeah. So we're going to go with the safe and easy route today. <laughs> it's because you guys cannot ask questions in real time and we're okay with that. We're okay with that. So today we're going to talk about what the internet, what the interwebs gave us as the top five questions the that college interwebs. students, yes, the top five questions, hold on, that um, college students mm-hmm. ask about Christian marriage. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So the first question is, what does Christianity say about the importance of marriage? Marriage. Well, it is... Um, it is a sacrament. So as Catholics... Dun, it's the first uh, sacrament. It is actually. the it is the primal, primal sacrament. Sacrament. Adam and right? Eve were married. Yes. Uh, right. It, uh, it was the, ver- the first sacrament, primal marriage. So, in in a sense, as our deacon likes to expound upon, our deacon friend, you know, all the other sacraments more or less derive derive from, from marriage, marriage because yes. marriage. Um, is a covenant, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So when we used to have this discussion with our confirmation kids, with our high school youth ministry, with college kids, with people in marriage prep, with pretty much anybody, um, we're like, okay, what's the difference between a covenant and a contract? Correct. Because a lot of them are like, oh, well, you know, marriage is a, is a, it's a contract that two people enter into. It's like, eh, no. Because what is a contract? A contract is... Um, it's it's a exchange of goods it's and services. It's a legal exchange of something, something right? If right. you do X, I will do Y. Right, and it's not lifelong. It's not. It's transactional. It's transactional. It's not and covenantal. It can be, eh, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to yeah. get out of this. Contract. I'm no longer feeling it. I need to get out. Right. A yeah. covenant, however, starts back 
um, again, with the very first with Adam um, and Eve. With Adam and Eve, it is a relationship basically between the Lord and His people. Mm-hmm. In this case, Adam and Eve, that um, basically binds them together, where they um, serve one another, serve one another, serve right? As our friend the deacon again says, marriage. Everybody's like, "Oh, marriage! It's a great feeling. I feel I'm in love. I'm it's in such love. a great feeling." No, oh, a- oh, oh, hooked on a feeling. No, that actually. You know, people just come for the music, Jer. I know. Um, they, um, as our deacon friend says, too many people say love is a feeling. No, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a decision. It is a decision mm-hmm. to make bish- to love someone. Right. And. Bishop Barron says all the time that love costs you something. So when you look at the difference between love and lust, right? Love is that I love you, which means I will place your need and your desire above my own, sacrificing my own for you. If that's, that's where the required. cost something comes yeah. in, right? And lust is I place my own desire and what I want above yours. Right. Like I'm not even thinking about you. I'm thinking about what can you do for me? What can you do for me? That's right. So this is, uh, you know, this is at, at least as we discuss, teach, do marriage prep, um, convey to a young couple. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're all young couples well, these and- days. You know, marriage <laughs> is not something to be taken in lightly, lightly because, you know, as Catholics, we... Believe till believe death that you it part. is till death do you part. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not. Not till one of you kills the other. I would say hopefully not part. in my sleep as I'm snoring. Naturally, and, but it and and what it means is you know when you take your vows for better for worse, richer and poor, sickness and in health, right? Um, and as anybody who knows our story, we pretty much check 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 mm-hmm. check check all those boxes, and and you know it's one of it's also foundational to our culture. Correct. You know, when well, you have marriage, it was. no, it, it we are fighting that it should remain. Yes, that's true. Okay. So when you have marriage, you have family, right? What is the purpose family. of marriage? The purpose of marriage is to um to be have children and multiply. To be multiple. I think they said that like what, ten times in our very short wedding ceremony. Yes. And you it know what? Like, and what did the guys, you know, in their shoe polish put on the back of my rental car? Be fruitful Full and, and multiply. multiply. <laughs> But the whole point is that, is that it creates the foundation of a family, mm-hmm. right? It's yes. for the it's for children. We get yes. married so that we can have children. So here's and and it's a sacrament. So hopefully that answers the question of what does Christianity say about the importance of marriage? It's super duper duper important. <laughs> there you go. That's theological. Super duper duper duper. Okay, important. yeah, there you go. That's very okay. So the second question is how does Christianity define the roles of husband? and wife within marriage. Ooh, that's a fun one. Now, you actually talked about this with the college kids, and I think you surprised a few with that famous verse from Ephesians about the submission. Right. Okay. So, um, don't quote, oh gosh, I should have had the the, the Bible verse ready to go. <laughs> I apologize that well, I didn't. it's the submission right, verse, right? That wives submit to your husbands. Wives husbands, submit to your husband. Husbands love your, your wives, wives as, as Christ, Christ loved the, the church. church. So what does that mean? Okay, so the church defines the roles of husband as protector and provider. So that means he is to, Jerry is to love me as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? Christ died. He gave his life. He gave everything he had for me 
and for Jerry. And so if he is to love me, we've talked about this before. If he is to love me like Christ loved the church, then he is to die for me. And what does that mean? That means every day he walks out this door and he goes to a job and he works a job. He comes home. He starts his second job, which is as, you know, husband, father, grandfather. (laughs) And, and, And he protects me and provides for me. My job as wife is to submit, to go under his mission. Submission means under his mission. So if his mission is to love me like Christ loved the church, then why would I not be okay with that? Right? A lot of women get really stuck in, I'm not submitting to no man. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not giving up myself for him and all of that. And it's a complete misunderstanding of what the teaching is about. It's, I am to, to support you. I am to be under your mission. And if you are loving me as Christ loved the church, then heck yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm You're mission on ready. I'm on board with that. You're a mission ready. Dun, 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 but dun. you know what they, another way that they look at it is the man is the head of the home, right? Provision, providing, protecting. And the woman is the heart because she is the one that literally is made to hold another human being within her. Okay. So, you know, there's that great movie that we love, um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And there's a moment before the uh, main character gets married where the her mother is talking to her about marriage. And this is a very independent woman. She wants to work. She wants to do all outside the home. She's, you know, very independent. And she's really struggling with this idea of, you know, I'm supposed to go home and be barefoot and pregnant all the time, which is, again, a misconception. And her mother looks at her and says, remember, the man is the head, but the woman is the neck and she can turn the head in whichever direction she desires. That has pretty much been your your mission statement of life, isn't it? Right. But here's the thing. I'm responsible for that. <laughs> yes, you are. Like if I turn you away from God, mm-hmm. I got to answer for that. Yep. Or if you turn me toward Tofurky, you will have to answer <laughs> for that as well. I'm just saying. Very true. But mm. anyway, so you when it comes and it, when it comes down to the actual things that men and women do within the home, I think that that is a conversation you have with your husband. I think you figure out, um, you know, what works best for your family and your family dynamic. Right. Because it's we've been in different seasons in our home where Jerry has been able to assist me around the home when Courtney was very ill. But there's also been times we've been on deployment and and it was completely up to me to do the things. So I think that is a conversation. I'm not even dipping my foot into that pool because I think if you love your husband and you love God and you're doing your best, then go you. Go you. I just, I, I, there's so much out there in the world, so much negativity of, you know, if this woman does that or this woman does this and that's not Christian and that's not Catholic and that's not this and that's, and there's just so much judgment. And I say to that, my friends, remove the plank from your own eye before you try to remove the splinter from mine. Okay, then. There you go. All right. What's next? <laughs> so that's my opinion on that. Oh, number three, Jerry, you want to read that one? What are the Christian views on premarital sex and cohabitation? Oh, this is a fun one. So we do. Okay. So this is my fun moment. So, so um, again, I think we've already shared the story that you want to share. Which one? Uh, The milk, the answer. Yeah. Okay. But I'll share it anyway, because I love it. (laughs) So again, we're in this room full of college kids and I go, okay. So I I told him, I said, you know, we did marriage prep for a little while and, and we'd have the couple come over to our house for dinner. 
Um, and the first thing we'd look, we'd say, cause of course they're sitting there after dinner or whatever on the couch and they're all like snuggly with each other. And I'm like, okay, so are you guys living together? And if so, are you having sex? And, and they, like, this is like the fourth question he asked them. And they, and, and I'm like, when they look down into the left and go, no. And I'm, I know they're lying. Cause that's the rules now, of interrogation. Some of them would just say, yep, we're living together. Uh, we're we prefer sh- honesty. We're sharing bills. It's just so much cheaper to just go yeah. ahead and live together. We found this great apartment. So, and I'm like, huh. Okay. And yet, if you look at the statistics, those so that live th- together. Right. So then we feel, throw a few statistics the together. The divorce that, statistics that, are pretty know, high. The divorce statistics are pretty high. And then, because we're us, we challenge them. We're like, okay, so you're getting married in, you know, whatever, six months. You're doing marriage prep with us. It says, we're going to challenge you. If you want to keep doing marriage prep with us, you're going to stop sleeping together. And they're like, <laughs> you know, they start to seize up. And I'm like, no. I said, you're, one of you is going to sleep on the couch. Or move out. Or move back in with your parents or mm-hmm. whatever. Because, um, you know. You're getting ready to enter the into a church covenant. is very clear well, that, cr- most Christian churches are the same. I know, but I'm, from our perspective, our perspective as Catholics, Catholics, the Catholic Church is very clear. Premarital sex pre-marital is a no-no. Sex is verboten. Yes, and ask us how we know because we didn't listen. Well, exactly. And, we paid and then a they kind of stare price. at us, and we're like, "No, no, let us tell you." Yeah. Sit down, young Padawan. We were together and and I got pregnant before. Now we, we didn't were live together. No, but, but we were know, physically together. We might have violated a few commandments, just saying. Just a few. And um and But we got pregnant and then I lot miscarried that baby, but that changed the course of our relationship. Yeah. So yes, that's now so, what's interesting though, this is actually interesting. A lot of couples are like, Nope, uh, you know, he we got an apartment, he's living in the apartment. I'm at home, but you know they're already you know sharing bills or whatever their their shtick is. But they're not living together. But they're not living together, but they found this cute little apartment, so they wanted to go ahead and start. You know, and I'm like, great, start buying curtains and a couch and <laughs> and whatever. That's a whole de- separate podcast. But you are we not did that. <laughs> sleeping in the same bed together Correct. until you're married. No Boom, sex. Done. Next, no. because it's sacred. It is. You are worth waiting for, ladies. You are worth waiting for, and gentlemen. You know, you are worth waiting for, right? It can go either way. Who's kind of putting the pressure on who? But it is such a sacred and beautiful act that, you know, the church holds it in very high regard. So um, you should respect that. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not easy. It's not easy. And this comes from two people who who didn't, didn't do it well. Okay, what's next? um, Okay, what's next? Boy, you're just running through these. Well, yes. Well, what that is the, our um, first rodeo okay. here. Number, question number four. What is the Christian perspective on dealing with conflict and disagreements in marriage? Oh, yeah. We talked about this with them, too. Mm-hmm. So, and see, if I'd known that this this one young woman in front of me had been, mar- had been married, I would have asked her this question. Like, said, how do you fight? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a uh, fight? Everybody, fight. If you had a disagreement. Yeah. Fight carries like a lot of baggage with it. If you and your spouse had a disagreement about something. Mm -hmm. First of all, have you ever had a disagreement? I love asking this to engaged couples. Like, have you guys ever had a fight? Oh no, we agree on everything. We're so in love. Somebody's lying. And I'm like, liars. (laughs) And I I said, look, you're humans. You're going to disagree. I said, look, here's the deal. In in every couple, there's only two answers to the question. Have you ever had a fight? It's like, yes, or you're a psychopath because everybody (laughs) does. And, and, and we're like, that's okay. It's actually normal. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you have fights. I'm like, you're in a relationship with a person that, let's be honest, hopefully 
is not the exact same as you. That would be really weird if you oh, were, no. because you would like John Wayne movies, and I would like shoes. <laughs> um, abnormally like shoes. Okay, um, and statement earrings. And st- <laughs> anyway, Anyways. So I said, ev- it, everybody does it, and it's it's a skill that you have, you know, it, first of all, it's a topic you have to you should go over during your marriage prep. How yes. are you going to handle disagreements? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, money, sex, children, mm-hmm. jobs, in-laws, outlaws, whatever relatives, it is. whatever it is. And how are you going to handle it? What are the rules of Fight Club? And we've talked about our rules of Fight Club before, but we're just, there's three things that are super important. Super. Super important. I like that word today for some reason. Super important. The first one is be respectful. Be respectful. Like, don't curse at them. Don't yell at them, right? have control, have some self-control over your own emotional uh, well-being and speak to your um, fiance, your spouse with respect. The second thing is you are going to, whatever you're disagreeing about, you, you keep focused on that. You don't talk about three arguments ago or three years ago or three months ago, you talk about what it is, what is it that you are having the disagreement about and you stay focused on that. Right. And then the third thing is to end it well, right? So if you're able to come to a compromise, which I just, I hate that word. Yes, I know you do. Because I feel like I'm losing, but I'm not, I'm compromising, right? right. And this is a compromise is, is a challenge for many people, including myself, especially for strong willed, including myself. So it's very hard for me to compromise because I think I'm right. But in the end, we come back to submission. If you can't come to an, if we cannot come to an agreement or a compromise, then what I have learned, my friends, my, my ladies out there is that I'll do it his way. Now, I would say about 70% of the time, his way is the best way. But there have been times where my point is proven. And, and he's not been happy, but he's been respectful about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, come to some sort of agreement, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how you have a And most important, and this is a big difference. Okay, so when... Uh, so we've probably talked about this before too, right? Like my personal deal is I will not go to bed mad. I will not go to bed with a dispute unresolved. No. Now we have friends of ours that are like, look, we've no. learned that we're not going to come to a conclusion. We're tired. We're just going to go to bed. We're just going to go to bed and we'll go at it fresh in the morning. And I'm like, no, that ain't going to work. doesn't do that. Because I won't sleep all night. I'll just mm-hmm. sit there and keep arguing in my head and coming up with new arguments to bolster my point. <laughs> So all true, all true. Uh, I, I just, you know, we will, we will, I mean, we may not completely resolve the problem, night, but we yeah. will at least maybe have a def- definition of the problem and a couple of choices that we have to decide. And through. we have to pray about. And and, and that I can. You can deal with. Sleep on. Cool. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just been us. Okay. What's next? So the, uh, the, the fifth question is how can faith and prayer positively impact a marriage. So, that's just I, I. I'm fascinated. That's the fifth question because I feel like it should be the first. Well, there's or the second. So okay, so there's a there's a couple of ways to come at this. So let's talk about faith, right? Talk about faith, 
Ooh, talk about Oh, that's 80s. Wham. Go for it. So we've had this discussion again. This was a Catholic student audience. So we're like, and a lot of them are like, well, what if my boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, et cetera, et cetera, is not Catholic? Well, that. It makes it more challenging. That's a challenge, right? Because what is it, your phrase you like to use? You're unequally yoked. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, Catholic and not Catholic. I mean, if you have somebody who's a very strong Baptist who's marrying a, I don't know. A Methodist. Who, a Methodist. I mean, it, whatever the situation is, um, this is definitely one of the things that you have you, you need to discuss if you are considering or in the process of entering into marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to raise the kids? How are you going to raise the kids? Mm-hmm. How, how, what is What is your faith life? going to look like. Now your faith life is supported in order to have faith in something. You have to know them, right? In order to know them, what do you have to do? You have to be in conversation and be in relationship with them. So God's number one desire with us is to be in relationship with us. What does that mean? That means you got to pick up this thing called a Bible. All right. The Bible basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what you used to call it in youth ministry. The Bible is God's love letter to us. It is the story of his pursuit of us. So if we want to know what God thinks about us, we open up the Bible, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, how we respond to God is that's through prayer and through conversation, right? So you have to have a daily prayer life. You have to have it. And it's so important in a marriage. Like we were reading, we had kind of been kibitzing and, you know, there's a lot of things going on in our life right now. And sometimes we can be short with one another. And so last night we were kind of short with one another. Well, we went to bed, woke up this morning and we were still being short with one another. And I looked at him and I said, okay, we can't like, let's stop, you know, time out, stop. What's going on? Like, what is stressing you out? What is stressing me out? Why are we being short? And then we kind of figured that out. You know, this was only like a five or 10 minute conversation. We figured that out. And then we did morning prayer together. And by the end of morning prayer, it was like everybody had taken a deep breath. And we were like, we made a plan to go to confession this week. We, you know, we talked about, you know, how we could help each other have a better day, you know, that I talked about earlier. Like, how can I make your day better? Right? So... How does, how important is a prayer life and a prayer life between husband and wife? Incredibly important. Transformation happens with prayer. Tremendous internal transformation, which leads to outward transformation of the marriage. So it is to, and also to be in a sacramental life together, to be able to um, go as Catholics and receive the Holy Eucharist together, to go to mass together, to participate in the sacraments together, to teach your children, to bring them along in your sacramental life and, and begin their sacramental life. These things are so important in a marriage, especially a marriage, um, a covenant, you know, Catholic marriage that starts with the mass that starts with with those promises to one another that covenant dun, 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 yeah dun. that covenant which is not a contract mm-hmm. correct I know so those were the top five questions that college students ask about Christian marriage yeah I'm trying to think what that other question was about um, somebody asked and I don't it wasn't one of the top five but um, there's the kid in the back. 
Uh, which one? <laughs> there was There's the kid the boy, in the back. Boy in the back. Uh, um, when he asked about um, separation, or the other one that asked about, I don't know. Um, how could I, you know, how could, oh, they were asking us about how they could be praying for their future spouses. If God was calling oh, them that, to marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah. How can they, how can they prepare themselves, themselves for, for marriage? marriage? So the first thing we said was. Pray. And, yeah. Well, <laughs> we surprised them. We're like, okay, you know, if you're not dating, doesn't matter. You should be praying for your future spouse. Correct. Now that got a few of those, you know. Or your future vocation. We kind of made it broader vocation. because God may call you to be a spouse of the church. He may call you to be a priest. He may call you to be yeah, a nun or a few, sister. That got a few happy looks in the crowd. Yeah. But we're like, you know, you should be praying for your future vocation, for your future spouse if you think you want to enter into marriage. Even if you don't know who it is, if you're not dating, whatever, pray for that future spouse. That was the first thing we said. And then the second one, because we're brutally honest, we're like, you know, if you have what was your phrase? Shazazzle in your life. You need to deal with yeah. your shazazzle now. You know, uh, what was it you tell them uh, is there's nothing uh, you, you you said to the young ladies, there's nothing sexier than a, um, a woman who's confident. Yeah. A woman who is um, comfortable, comfortable with who they are. Yeah. Right. So that means they they've done the therapy they're or doing the therapy. They're they're figuring out what if there's any woundedness in their life, which name a person that doesn't have woundedness, um, you know, that they're that they're taking care of it sacramentally. They might have a spiritual director, whatever. They're taking care of themselves. So they're confident. They're. um Oh, I just it totally left me. They're they're, they're comfortable being comfortable alone. being uh, being alone. They're comfortable um, with who they are and they're nurturing. Right to these young ladies, when we show up as our full feminine self in our full feminine genius, and we bring that nurturing aspect of our personalities that is God given into a relationship, it's a game changer. You know, I'm not Jerry's mama. I'm not going to take Jer care of Jerry the way his mother did. I'm his wife, but I came into this relationship with a nurturing heart. In that, I could. Um, care for him, right? Remember heart of the home. So yeah, it's very important if you're, if you feel like you're called to marriage, even if you're not sure to be praying for the person that God may have for you. So for the guys, I said, okay, look, here's the deal. Cause I, I, I said, we've talked to a lot of single women about what they're looking for in men and single men, what they're looking for in women. Okay. And I said, guys, here's the deal. Number one, um, you know, be, um, have a plan. Well, I, I, I got, sorry. I thought you were forgetting. I was looking no, at I you. said, you know, you have to, you know, you have to have, um, courtesy. Mm -hmm. You have to have masculinity, not toxic masculinity, but you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be confident. You have to be courteous. You have to have manners. Courage. And I said, and I, I said, you need to be serving or working towards something bigger than yourself. Right. Yeah. And then I said, the number one thing that we've talked to young women about, because we know this is like a deal. It's a, it's. Yeah. And we and we have to and we tell both of them you have to set, you know, you have to set realistic expectations because if you're looking to get married under the age of 30, right? People are still <laughs> a work in progress. And and we said the number one thing that that we have observed young women are like, okay, we don't expect guys to be to perfect. perfect. Mm -hmm. What we like is that they have a plan for their life. They have a direction, they have a plan, they have goals, they have some ambition to, you know, better to themselves provide, right? and to, and to make themselves into, dare I say it, husband material. And of course we have the same, as Mary said, the same conversation with the young ladies. It's like, are you prepared to be a wife? 
And, you know, this also kind of gets that dog watching television look sometimes because people don't talk to them about that. They're like, well, what does that mean? Well, you know, we'll use the D word, domestic. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't care if you decide that you're going to eat out every night. That's not very frugal of you, but you'll get over that. But somebody's, you know, it's traditionally the woman that has the domestic skills. And I say that traditionally because there are many men that, you know, I, we have friends whose husbands are the ones that cook because they love it. That's just, it's a passion of theirs. And so, um, you know, some of the greatest chefs in the world are men. So, I mean, I, I, not me, not you, just to be clear, that's not your passion, but Oh, I love to eat. Yes. And you married a woman who loves to cook and loves to bake. I know. Isn't it great how God just makes that work? I know. But the thing is, is that you got to have these conversations, right? And it's, again, there is no cookie cutter. There is no, it has to be. Cookies sound good. Okay. It, It has to be X, Y, and Z. It is your relationship. It is your relationship with God. It is your covenantal marriage. It is the way that you um, desire to live your life and to begin your family all under the umbrella of that covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ, of being practicing Catholics, practicing Christians, of having a prayer life, a sacramental life in your home, right? And in your marriage. So, I thought the questions were fascinating. I thought the questions that they asked us were fascinating um, because I just don't, I feel like there, we need to bring back like housekeeping 101. I mean, I just like nobody. Um, People want to be married, but they nobody, think that, they think they that think marriage it's, is dating it's with a benefits. Honeymoon. And yeah. it's like, no, it is not dating with benefits. No, who's going to clean the toilet? Somebody has to take out the trash or, you know. Who's going to be up late with the puking baby? Right. If you get to that point where you have the puking baby, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they need to have a an, an honest a discussion of what marriage is and isn't, you know, because, you know, I never promised you a rose garden. Wow, we're going to end with singing. Of course we are. Now we're going to end with questions from. Anyways, what is your number one question about marriage? If you are a single person listening to this podcast, what is your number one question? Thank you. You can leave it um, as a message, a voice message, or as a text on uh, the Mary and Jerry podcast. That that line. Excellent. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. 571-354-0351. That's 571-354-0351. Okay. Join me. Thank you. That was great. We'd love to know. What's your number one question about marriage? That's right. Okay. And so don't now forget it's time. To- oh yes. We need to subscribe on YouTube. Um, please leave a comment or a five star. Jerry only accepts five stars. Well, on the podcast sites. Um, five star, what are they called? Reviews. reviews. Sorry. Give us a review. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Uh, leave comments. Uh, we love to hear from y'all because, you know, we don't just want to sit up here and ramble. Not Although that, we can do that too. We can do that Okay. Well. So now it is time for the- Not so newlywed game. All right. Am I, ask, am I answering for myself, yep, Jerry? Or for, oh, I'm asking da, for da, myself. Da, da, da. Okay. What do you most, did I ever ask you on this one before? If I, I need don't to know. Throw it out because, you know, what do you most look forward to about getting old? Not giving a damn about do anybody else's opinion. I don't do that now. I I am comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. I am I I you know I let my hair go gray almost two years ago now. I let my hair just go. I know, and I'm just I'm go. like this is my let body. This is my life. This is this is who I am. And if that's not your jam, cool. You can go pick another sandwich. You. 
jam sandwich get oh, it. I don't ha, know if that makes ha, it ha, ha, funny ha. or not. You have totally embraced the suburban lumberjack, haven't you? I have. Well, I've always been a suburban lumberjack woman, but yes, I've I totally embraced it. I fearless, comfortable, fearless and bold. I know who I am. I am a daughter of the Most High King. I am I I'm a wicked baker. And I'm really a wonderful wife who is the best DoorDash driver when certain people forget their lunch and or Need desire coffee. an extra coffee during the day. Mm-hmm. You are the cutest DoorDash driver Thank in you. Northern Virginia, that's for sure. Okay, I, so I, for me, I, what do I most... For, yes. yes, definitely getting old is just being able to turn off the filter. Sweetheart, the Say thing is you never had a filter. I do. I, be, I actually behave myself. I don't tell you. I don't always tell people exactly what I think. You tell me everything. Well, yeah, but you're my okay. covenant spouse. I, that's you're true. supposed to. You don't want to know I, everything do, that's in Jerry's yeah, head. You don't want to know what's in my head because sometimes <laughs> it's a dark, dark, scary place. It is. Um, and then senior citizens discounts. I look forward to that too. <laughs> not going to lie. There's my frugal guy. There he is. Lie. It's like, yep, I'm here. I got here. I've been through some shizazzle. Give me my $2 <laughs> off. Not afraid to ask for it. Nope. Jerry, most of the times they don't even ask to see anything. They just give it to you because you're a boomer and cheap. Okay, next question. No, seriously. Okay, here was the most embarrassing oh moment of the uh, night. I forgot this story. After we did the college kids and we did all the things, right? There's this young woman and she, uh, so we're getting ready to walk out and I put on my hat and on my hat, it says desert storm veteran. And she looks me square in the eye and she's so sweet. And she's like, oh, you know, my grandpa was in desert storm. <laughs> and I'm like, shh. <laughs> and I just, no, what I actually do is I just turn into a pile of dust from Mesopotamia right there on the spot. I'm like. Really? Oh, Are you wonderful. sure it was your grandfather? grandfather? Not your father? Not she's your like, father? No, it's like, my grandpa. No, it my grandfather. I'm like, oh, I <laughs> God loves you. Jesus loves <laughs> you. This, this I know. I'm just like, thank you uh-huh. for that. Thank you so much for making me feel like a young stud. Okay, what's the next oh, question word. there, big boy? Tell me two things I can do to better support you. I'm going to open that one up to the floor. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hit me, baby. Um... The number one thing you can do to better support me is mm-hmm. to be, is to look to the positive and not the negative. Look for the bear. No, oh no, that's a different song. Go ahead. <laughs> I, you, I need, I, yes. Glass Please half full. look Got it. Yeah. toward and, and to really um, cultivate a you grateful heart. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. Yes. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. Okay, got it. Okay. What else? So accentuate the positive. Mm-hmm. And um, I I would love if you could please cultivate a grateful heart. Okay. Cultivate gratitude. Wow, Those go nothing, hand in no, hand. Wow. So nothing light and fluffy there. No. Huh? Sorry. Let's see. What are two things that you could do to better support me? Um, I'm, I'm afraid now. <laughs> Mm, uh, I think I support you really well. Yeah, you, you you do. Keep keep bringing me coffee as the cutest DoorDash driver, <laughs> and um, um, yeah. Uh, so keep up your relentlessly positive attitude because I know you don't think it affects me, but it really does. Because like, if you ever get depressed, then I'm just like, oh God, we're all gonna die. <laughs> if I ever get depressed, like if you ever think that things are going bad. <laughs> then I'm like Jerry gets worried when I start to worry and I start when to you think start to worry and, <laughs> Jerry and like freaks I'm out I'm like oh my gosh what 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 what, a, what happened who died <laughs> 
What's going on? Are we going to like get thrown out in the street? Are we bankrupt? Because you are. You are a very, 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 you are but Tigger I'm not like and a I am cheesy Eeyore. positive person. No, you're just, you just naturally, no, you were just. I'm not toxic positivity. Is that even a thing? Yes, apparently so. No, I just. No, I, just, I mean, I, no, I, I no complain. No one will ever accuse me of that. You no. may rest assured. But, but no, you I generally are just like God's got it. God will take care it. of us, and I'm just like he always well, has. Well, I he could do without the cliffhanger. <laughs> like God's got it. How about in the next 48 hours? God, hello. No, that's not and how you're like, it works. That's not how it works. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, but Listen, like, hello. When you increase your faith, right? What does that mean? When you trust Him with even the minute details of your life, mm-hmm. like getting the parking spot or um, having enough um, cream for the next day's coffee. Yes. Or for, um, you know, making sure that the grocery budget is enough in today's economy or what have you. Some loaves and fishes. Exactly. Well, you know, things like that, like when you are down to the nitty gritty of your daily life Mm -hmm. and you're like, Lord, I'm not going to worry about it. You have asked me to be faithful and true to you. I am trusting you. I am giving you everything in my day. Like, Give us this day our daily bread. Literally, give us this day our Ooh, daily bread. bread. That sounds good. Okay, <laughs> but that's what I mean. We yes, you're... we if we live in that space, in that space of complete and total abandonment and trust, then yes, it will be hard because life is hard, and no, there is nothing guaranteed. But you know what? There is a peace that comes, and you know it because when we do that, it's a peaceful place to be. It's not easy. It's peaceful. There's yeah. a difference. And there's your wisdom for the day, folks. <laughs> there you go, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mary and Jerry podcast. podcast. Until next time, Bye. friends. Is there like a song you want to sing? Um, no, Till next that time. That Mr. Rogers used to sing. We saw, I don't even so know. long, farewell. Oh. That's the one from The Sound of Music. Okay. Until next time, guys. Thanks Bye. for joining us.